0: College football rundown. I'm Woj, and I'm Walt. Episode 16 already. We're down to the wire here as far as the seasons go. The season goes. A lot of teams uh, playing for to get into their conference championships, and uh, it should be a pretty exciting week. There's games Friday and Saturday. Uh, we'll start right off with Cincinnati 10 and 1 at Memphis 10 and 1. 2:30 p.m. on ABC. This isn't the Friday slate of DraftKings, Walt.
1: Hey, big game. We told you guys about it a few weeks back. Look forward to this one. Put it on your schedule. Well, it's here. Cincinnati plus 11 over under of 57. Cincinnati plus 330 to win it on the money line, which you'll figure out why I'm telling you that when I go through this. Implied odds of this game, Cincinnati winning 23.26% chance. They play this game four times. That's saying Cincinnati will win less than one time. These are two of the best group of six teams in the nation. I don't know that I agree with that. Memphis only lost to Temple. Cincinnati lost to the number one team in the nation, Ohio State. Cincinnati beat Temple game later in the year. Yes, Memphis has been hot since. Maybe not a great comparison. I hear people yelling at me through their speakers right now that, you know, Memphis is a different team right now. I agree. Memphis trounced South Florida at South Florida. Cincinnati squeaked by against them with a field goal win. Mismatch signals here. Pure number standpoint, though, money line is off, I'm thinking. The problem, this matchup could go 50-50. Memphis caught the home game this year. You know, I'm going to take it anyways, though. I think I'm going to put the numbers on my side, and I'm going to tell these lines makers, hey, Cincinnati wins this game more than one out of four times, and I'm going to take my chances, it."
0: I got a bit of a sleeper in DFS here, Wall. Uh, Kadarian Jones, the wide receiver from Memphis, is 3,800. He's at back-to-back games with six touches after uh, a week or three weeks ago having a buy. I don't know if him and the QB sat down and started talking it out, but I like that trend. I like that price. Uh, It's a risky pick, but at 3,800, if he gets another six touches, maybe a touchdown, that's that's well over value, Wall. can't go without saying when we're talking about Memphis, DeMonte Cokie, he's the number one wide receiver from Memphis. He's 6,300, so he's priced pretty well himself. Uh, He's still the top dog, like I said. He's going to get touches, so this is more of a cash game pick, I would imagine, especially at that price, because you know he's going to get touches. He's always going to have the option for that touchdown in that game, so that's a good pick. Uh, Quick note on the running backs for Memphis, Kenny Grainwell, who's been dominating all year uh, and has been the workhorse for that Memphis offense uh, is in the currently the most expensive running back on DraftKings at 8100 uh, isn't getting the amount of points he used to that's because Patrick Taylor Jr. is back from injury he started the year then got injured was out for a long time came back a couple weeks ago last week versus UCF he had 30.5 points uh, and actually carried the ball more than Gainwell uh, Taylor's 6,700 on DraftKings right now, so he's still a little expensive, especially with the question mark. It's a risky pick because you don't know if they're going to split carries or not. I definitely would never, would not take Gainwell this week at 8,100. Uh, and if you're going to pick one of the two, I would take Taylor for sure. Uh, another note for the Cincinnati side of it, uh, QB Desmond Ritter uh, was injured a few weeks ago, and it shows in the points, and it looks like he's still struggling with a shoulder injury. On that note, Michael Warner, the second, the running back for Cincinnati, is 6,700. Uh, he's been picking up the slack. Uh, still not quite impressive numbers, but not bad. Uh, it's just an option there if they're going to eventually end up having to score a bunch of points in this one. He might be the guy to do it, or if they have the lead, who knows? Uh, but he might be a solid pick. Let's move it to the Big Ten. wall. a uh, big rivalry game here. Uh, we'll see if Jim Hardball can get it done. But Ohio State, the undefeated at 11-0, and at Michigan 9-2, 11 a.m. on Fox. This is in the Saturday slate of DraftKings.
1: This is a big game. Great game for us fans of the Big Ten. I know a lot of people that listen to our podcast are fans of the Big Ten. Great year in general for the Big Ten, Woj. Very hard to argue the Big Ten is not the best conference in the country right now. This game, Ohio State, minus nine and a half, over under a 50 and a half. This line shows no respect for the rivalry. I am not happy where they put this one. Perhaps it's right, but I don't wager on perhaps. Ohio State moved to number one in the nation. I don't know that that was deserved. They almost gave the game to Penn State last week on their own turf. Remember, too, Penn State was without their starting quarterback at the end of the game. You could argue Reason Ohio State got behind is cuz they made a couple mistakes. Well, that's quite contradictory because the best team in the best teams for that matter in the nation don't make those mistakes and don't put themselves in that position. I applaud the playoff committee for punishing the SEC weakness of schedule, but they picked the exact wrong team to punish. LSU, not to get off on too much of an aside, but LSU played a crappy team in Arkansas, but it was a conference game, you know, mandated by the conference. They'd scheduled Texas earlier in the year. That's the reason not they weren't playing a cupcake last week. Ohio State's move up, probably not deserving, but things will likely sort themselves out there later in the year. Getting back to the game, Michigan is a hot team as of late. Since that narrow loss to Penn State at home, they've just been crushing teams. Michigan is a defensive first team. Their D's led by Dan, Don Brown, the defensive coordinator, number four in the nation, total yards allowed. Who's number one in the nation, you think, Woj? Ohio State. Ohio State is number one in the nation in total yards allowed on defense. Defense Defensive battle this game will be the best defense Ohio State has faced all year. Obviously, the best Michigan has faced also with Ohio State being number one in the nation. Ohio State has a very good chance of winning this game, but that's a lot of points to give in this rivalry to a team that is so hot as of late. Personally, I won't be taking any action because I have a futures bet on Michigan for the win totals over on the season. I don't want to add risk to an already unlikely scenario, I'll say, but it's easier to figure out who I'm cheering for and where I think the mistake is in that line.
0: Yeah, we're definitely going to see if Hardball can finally pull it off against Ohio State. Like Wall said, two great defenses, tough to touch in DFS. I think the 50 and a half is even strong. If uh, Michigan's going to have a chance, they're going to slow it down for sure. Don Brown will have Don Brown will have something cooked up here on the defensive side of the ball. That being said, Shea Patterson's only 6600, and he put up back-to-back good weeks. Uh, two weeks ago versus Michigan State, 32.9 points, and last week versus Indiana, 35.1. Again, Michigan State and Indiana aren't the Ohio State defense, though. Uh, Justin Fields is way too expensive for the implied points at 8100 and the Ohio State wide receivers are always hit and miss and it disgusts me. Uh, but let's keep it in the big 10 wall. Let's move on to Indiana, who's seven and four at Purdue, four and seven, 11 a.m. on ESPN2. This is uh, this game's on Saturday, not in DraftKings. Uh, but I think Purdue at home, getting six and a half is
1: pretty exciting wall. Oh, whoa! it's pretty exciting to me too. Indiana, like you said, giving six and a half, Over, under, 55. Interesting line on Purdue, plus three in the first quarter. Indiana likely cashed a ticket to a bowl game. Purdue, they're not going to be eligible this year. They don't have a chance. Might surprise people, but I like Purdue here. Normally, I'm not betting on a team that's clearly not as good as the other team, but in this instance, I like it for what I'm about to say. It's a rivalry game. The home team is getting points. That's a little sexy to me. Both teams are 7-4 and four against the spread on the season. Purdue has covered the last three games in this series. Good chance to continue their streak here, in my opinion. People have asked before about what the past year's games matter, whether they cover the spread or not, what that matters, what the streaks matter. Well, what it matters is it can show the handicappers' bias towards one team or another. It doesn't necessarily mean they were off either, but maybe they adjust the points because they expect more money to come in on One team in the game. This instance, it would assume there's a little bias towards Indiana. I'm probably going to be taking advantage of that. Likely, this game will come down to Purdue being able to stop Peyton Ramsey, quarterback on Indiana, 1,890 yards passing on the year. Started week two for the injured Penix, played pretty well since. Having six different wide receivers with over 20 receptions each helps. Ability to spread the ball definitely helps the quarterback. What's not going to help the quarterback in this game, I think, is good old Mr. Jack Frost. What do you think, Woj? Does that help a quarterback when there's snow, cold, a lot of wind? Is that helpful to a quarterback?
0: No, it's not. It's not even just the quarterback. The wide receivers struggle, too, just because it's so slippery. They have to go slower. It gives the secondary a chance, who's already stationary where they're going to throw the ball, a, a better chance to eye in what's happening. On top of that, the ball's cold, so it's harder to throw, it's harder to catch. I mean, that's why you see when there's bad weather, teams like to keep it on the ground. And I don't think either of these teams are very good on the ground, are they, (laughs) Walt?
1: No, they're not, and that's what I'm thinking. Hey, get that Mr. Jack Frost at Jersey, because he's going to be the 12th man. He's going to help that Purdue defense force Indiana to run, who's you know, one of the worst running teams in the nation. They could be in trouble. As you said, Purdue kind of sits in that category, too, of being one of the worst run teams in the nation. Knowing all those facts, I'm looking for a real low-scoring game here. Probably take the under. Likely going to take Purdue to cover the six and a half for the reasons I mentioned already.
0: Sounds like a good argument for sure. There. Well, let's move to Oregon State five and six at Oregon nine and two, three p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. It's uh, in the Saturday slate on DraftKings. Oregon is giving nineteen uh, over under of sixty-five and a half. So I might've jinxed Oregon last week while uh, when we were talking about the playoff rankings and how they probably deserve to move up a little bit. And then they go out and
1: lose to Arizona state. <laughs> you might've voted. I don't want you saying anything this week about Iowa in the playoff rankings. Cause you don't need to jinx them.
0: Yeah. Well into draft into DFS here. Jake Lutton is from Oregon state QB 7,100 on DraftKings. Lutton, uh, can be the play here, especially if they're tossing it left and right, trying to catch up with Oregon. Uh, he's had back-to-back impressive outings versus Arizona State and Washington State. Uh, and don't forget, he's throwing the ball to Isaiah Hodges, Hodges too, who's one of the best wide receivers. Uh, and, but I'm going to look on the other side for a wide receiver. Johnny Johnson the third from Oregon, who's 5,600 on DraftKings. Uh, he's a good buy at that price. He got 44% of the touches last week which is the highest out of any Oregon receiver this year. And he scored 45.7 points. Uh, They do like to spread the ball out a little bit, but he's coming off such a hot outing uh, versus a terrible pass defense in Oregon state who gives up 285.5 yards in the air per game. Uh, I just like that play. He's coming off a really hot game. I'm going to, I'm going to ride him. So I'm saying Johnny Johnson, the third from Oregon uh, at 5,600. What a great price. What a great bargain. Yeah. Iron Bowl, wall, the infamous Iron Bowl. Alabama 10-1 and 1 at Auburn, 8-3, 2.30 p.m. CBS. This is in the Saturday DraftKings slate. Uh, Alabama is uh, giving 3.5 and the over-under 50.
1: Good game to look at here. Going to be a good game to watch. Great game to watch, I'll say. Both teams coming off brutally difficult games last week Woj. auburn barely notched by sanford with their 52 to nothing win bama pulled off a stunner against west carolina 66 to 3 you know i'm clearly did they
0: have that they have their fourth string in by the end of that game
1: i well just a game i was definitely not watching for obvious reasons and i'm clearly poking fun there's there's no they didn't play good teams last week You know, it's not really needed for me to poke fun. Alabama's schedule is a big enough joke as it is already. But Joe Clatt made a good point this week. I've thought all along it's not Alabama's job to schedule, you know, meaningful football games. Their job is to win national championship. And I agree 100%. Whose job it is, though, the college football playoff committee's job and fans like us, Woj, to make sure they schedule meaningful football games to actually test themselves.
0: I mean, you bring up a good point there, Walt. When I look back at the old system, not the playoff system, I'm not saying that the playoff system is bad. I'm just saying that the old system, you had to schedule some out-of-conference games if you were like Notre Dame or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, if you were Alabamas of the world who win every year, then, no, you could do cupcakes. But I liked when teams would rise out of the ashes uh, and play really tough games at the beginning of the year like the Ohio States and some of the other Big Ten teams that had to play tougher competition to keep up with the SEC and the old system just to get in the top two. And I just like that, and I like how that worked out, and I, I just hope the playoff committee can get that get us back to that so it makes these teams play more powerful opponents in their non, non-conference.
1: I agree with you, Woj. I agree with you 100%. LSU played a conference game last week and dropped a spot. Alabama played a 3-9 and nine FCS team last week and didn't move. Not even a group of six team we're talking about here, Woj. We're talking about an FCS team, what formerly was the Division II team. And not only that, they have a losing record on the year. The playoff committee is not showing us that they're able to make those decisions we just talked about. But we should get back to this game specifically, Woj. In in this matchup, Auburn Auburn obviously had a much more respectable schedule. Losses coming to Florida, LSU, and Georgia, all good teams. They know how to play teams. Alabama might come into Auburn and have their bell rung a little bit. I like the strategy of taking Alabama under minus three. You might see it moving. The line is moving a little bit. And then on the other side of that, take Auburn plus 147 on the money line. This strategy would involve putting enough on Alabama to cover, Whatever you put on Auburn, which your aim is to make more money on the money line. It's essentially a bet on Auburn with a hedge assuming Alabama won't win by less than three. Reason I like this strategy, close game at the end. I like the home team, especially a home team like Auburn that's had more trials and tribulations on the season as compared to a team like Alabama. One thing I will say for sure, though, Woj, going back to it, if Alabama does lose this game, they do not belong in the top ten. The playoff committee better do their job and get them out of there.
0: To even make your point even more further, Walt, they lost their starting quarterback, their Heisman candidate, their, their saving grace, uh, and possibly for the rest of the season, uh, including the, whatever bowl they go to or, or playoff. And, and that should hold some weight as well. Because the, the playoff committee said that's supposed to hold weight, especially if you're playing teams that lose quarterbacks, things like that. And we already saw Ohio State with Sean Clifford leaving the game, and they still get number one. So I'm not sure what's going on with the playoff committee, me, committee, but we'll, we'll have a better understanding next week for sure. As far as DFS goes in this game, we got Bo Nix versus Mac Jones. <laughs> uh, I'm not too keen on either of those quarterbacks. Devonte Smith, the wide receiver from Bama, who we've loved all year, is only 6,900. Uh, he's the most expensive out of the wide receivers from Alabama. I want to take him out that price, but I, I'm not going to. Uh, the way Nick Saban's worked the ball the last couple weeks uh, with the Tide, not with uh, Tula not being in there for the Tide, has been NJ Harris, uh, and he's 6,700 right now in DraftKings. He scored 37 points versus LSU, 40.9 points versus Mississippi State, and 20.8 points versus a Western Carolina team who they beat 66-3. He didn't even play the whole game. But if you see that trend, you know they're not moving the ball as much as they used to in the air with Tula. They are now a ground team with Nijay Harris. Uh, he's been unstoppable. It's over six yards per carry. Uh, I like him in that price point, even against an Auburn, solid Auburn D. Uh, I, I'm just gonna take N. J. Harris for sure. I think this week. Well, we're moving back to the Big Ten. And this is a big one for the Big Ten West. Wisconsin nine and two at Minnesota ten and one. 2:30 p.m. on ABC. Uh, this is gonna be game day. They're heading to Minnesota. P. J. Fleck finally got his uh, got the calling from uh, from game day and ESPN.
1: Hey, they deserve it. They're playing for a shot at the Big Ten title, right, Woj? They
0: are. This is the whoever wins this game will go to the Big Ten championship to play what likely will be Ohio State.
1: <laughs> Pretty sure it's clinched by now. Minnesota in this <laughs> game though is getting two and a half, as you mentioned, at home over under a forty-six. Ooh, that's a low one. Makes sense though. I don't know that I like Minnesota's chances here in this game. Why? They've only played two defenses anywhere near comparable to Wisconsin. Penn State squeaked by with a five-point win against them. Iowa, our boys, who won that game, Woj? Uh, that was an Iowa
0: victory right there. And you know what? We won it on the defensive side of the ball. We Minnesota can be stopped on the defensive side of the ball. And Wisconsin's got a pretty good defense wall.
1: They sure do. They sure do. It's not a Minnesota team of the past, you know. They need to score points to win. Wisconsin, as you mentioned, I think they're a team that can give Minnesota trouble in doing that, scoring points, that is. Wisconsin hasn't given up 3,000 yards in the season yet. Only one of seven teams able to say that, Ohio State, Clemson, Michigan, Utah, Georgia, they all have that bragging right also. Notice any correlation there? The best teams in the nation have the best defenses. Lots of talk about offense this day and age. Daily Fantasy might have something to do with that, Woj. Maybe you people are uh, attributing to the fact people like to talk about offenses a lot more. But it doesn't matter, though, because who wins championships? Ultimately, the defenses win championships. Stats kind of prove that. Winner, headed to the Big Ten Championship to play who? The best defensive team in the nation, Ohio State, who we already talked about. Don't beat a dead horse, Wall. I get it. I know everyone's saying it, but someone has to preach the good word. It's about making money here. So let's use this information that Wisconsin can stop Minnesota, and Minnesota has trouble against good defenses. Put the odds in our favor to win some money. Wisconsin, lay the two and a half.
0: Ooh. So it's going to be pretty uh, frosty there too, isn't it, Wall?
1: It will be, Woj. I don't know exactly what they're saying, but I think maybe like 102 inches of snow. Is that what I heard? (laughs)
0: <laughs> it seems like a uh, exaggerated number, well, but I get the point. Lots of snow. Uh, it doesn't help with the passing game of Minnesota, and only helps the running game of Jonathan Taylor in Wisconsin. So let's uh, let's steer clear of this one as far as DFS goes. If you were to take anybody, and I talk anybody in this game, uh, Jonathan Taylor is just way too much money. Look at the wide receivers, Minnesota, because if they plan on winning this, they're going to have to air it out. We just told you all the reasons why you shouldn't pick these guys, so I'm not advocating for this, but Tyler Johnson's 6,400 and Rashad Bateman's 5,900. They're both basically equal in the target percentage and targets, so let's just go with Rashad Bateman, the 5,900, and call it a day. I'm not picking him, but if you would like to, 5,900 Rashad Bateman would be the play in that game. Well, people in DFS love talking about great offenses. Love it, Wall. And that's why we're going to talk about Tulane 6-5 and five at SMU, 9-2. and two. It's 3 p.m. on ESPNU. This is in the Saturday slate. Tulane is giddy, giving three and a half on um, The over-under is 71, so lots of scoring. The reason DFS is all over this is SMU gives up huge points. There's a huge over-under. SMU is also third in the nation and plays per game with 81.9, and Tulane's not bad themselves. So this is going to be a great DFS game to watch. Be careful with this next one because I feel like a bunch of people are going to jump on this. But Justin McMillan, the QB from Tulane, is 6400 and everybody's like well you're picking Tulane a quarterback from Tulane they like to run the ball well listen he is part of the run game at Tulane uh SMU also gives up a ton of air uh, yardage so he could air it out it's possible he is awesome on the run last week at, or against UCF he rushed 23 times for 102 yards I'm gonna go with the green wave quarterback here for sure uh, just again, be wary because it might get picked up quite a bit, just especially at that price and how much points he could possibly pull out. Can't go without talking about an SMU game without talking about James Prochet, the wide receiver. Had a pretty awful week last week. He's netted us 401 points. There uh, are $401 per point with only 19.2, but I'm gonna say he bounces back, especially in this game, because this is one that you could just go crazy and have a big James Brochet day. But he is eighty two hundred, so you're you're hitting the bank there pretty hard. Let's uh let's look at the running game for SMU. Xavier Jones is seventy-one hundred. So let's take that money we're gonna put on Brochet. Let's put it on Xavier Jones. He is pricey for a running back. Uh, and he struggled last week as well, same as Prochet, but that was the Navy syndrome. They played Navy. Navy runs the triple option. They waste the clock. They have high time of possession. You know, that's just what we call the Navy syndrome. So he should be a big part of this game in the outcome of this game and in the, in the points. I like Xavier Jones a lot uh, from the SMU side, and I like Justin McMillan, the quarterback, from Tulane on the Tulane side. One more game left in our little breakdown here. Well, we got Wake Forest eight and three at Syracuse four and seven, 11:30 a.m. on the ACC Network. It's in the uh, DraftKings
1: Saturday slate as well. Makes sense. Over under a 67. That's DraftKings style. Syracuse plus three and a half. Getting three and a half from Wake Forest. Wake Forest, the team I jumped on last week, it paid off. I'm looking at them again this week. I'd like to see this spread at three or maybe two and a half. It's not budging as of now. I'll be patient. See if I can get it there. Syracuse has not shown anything on the season other than their win against Western Michigan. They beat Duke in a big win a couple weeks ago, but I think that may be an anomaly, Woj. Syracuse only covered three games this season as far as the spread goes. Something is off at the lines here. That doesn't happen very much that the book's, miss it that often maybe back to what we said about too much money coming in on Syracuse weekly heck I don't know it's the only thing I can come up with Wake is a good football team with losses to Louisville Virginia Tech and Clemson respectable losses I guess you could say Syracuse lost to Louisville and Clemson also they didn't play Virginia Tech Syracuse also lost to Florida State Boston College Pittsburgh North Carolina State, Maryland. I really don't want to keep talking about all of Syracuse's losses because I just don't have time for it. Pretty simple bet here. Taking a good team to beat a bad one, putting money on them to win by three and a half. That simple.
0: That's compelling argument there, Wall. That's a lot of teams. It is. Uh this is is probably my most excited for DFS game of the week. I know Tulane and SMU is a good one because the over-under 71. This one's 67. Wake Forest, Syracuse, both like to pound it. But I just like it because Kendall Hinton is playing in this game. He's a wide receiver from Wake Forest. He's 6,500. With one of the best wide receivers in college football out, Sage Sage Surrett, uh, he is dominated. Uh, Last week, he had 34.5 points versus Duke. Uh, Two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, he struggled uh, versus Clemson. But I'll just brush that off. I'll just brush that off because it was a better team. He's at 42% of the targets three weeks ago and 44% last week. Excuse me, it was two weeks ago that they had the Clemson. He had 42% of the targets three weeks ago and 44% last week. He is the wide receiver now that Sage Shirts out. I think he just can keeps continue this into the last game of the season. He just dominates. And $6,500 in DraftKings is a bargain, especially if you're getting that many touches a game. Uh, let's go look at the quarterback. Let's match him up. Jamie Newton, Newman, the quarterback from Wake Forest, he's $7,900. little expensive, but if you match those two up and they go off, it's going to be awesome. Again, they had a great game last week, 38.8 points. So there's our Kendall Hinton at 34.5, and he had 38.8. That's a huge day. Again, he struggled versus Clemson as well, but he can do things in the ground as well, not just in the air. He had 28 attempts, 144 yards, and a TD last week versus Duke. Uh, That's why he had more points than his wide receiver compadre Hinton last week so he can do it both both ways I like him at that price point considering he can do both the running back job and the quarterback job at Wake Forest and I like Kendall Hinton as well on the Syracuse side let's look at Moniel, the running back 6300 he is the workhorse of their offense and if they're going to get the implied 30 plus points that they're looking at he is going to have a lot to do with it so I would like to take him as well now Wall, let's move on to our pickums. My favorite time of the show, even though I'm not very good. But last week you had Wake Forest. Minus seven, that was a win. Moves you to nine and four. I had UCF minus six. They disappointed me. I did say to parlay it with the under, which was six, 69 and a half. That was a win. But the UCF minus six was a loss, which brings me to five, seven, and one. Disappointing. Who are you taking this week, Will?
1: Which I think we should also bring up in our roundtable, both our roundtable guests uh, won the Woj and Wall their guest picks. Uh, Story had Utah minus 22.5 against Arizona. He won that one. And then Zerk had Iowa under 47.5. Well that, covered. that. That one. is true. Yeah, they both won too. So, that, you know, you you're talking to some good people last week. But this week I'm going to have to uh, take Cincinnati plus 12. Again, this is a game I want to take in the money line for reasons I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. But, obviously, Woj and Wall Doesn't really work that way. So I guess I'll take Cincinnati plus 12. I was thinking of Wake Forest, but I'm going to go with Cincinnati.
0: Uh, I'm looking at the Virginia Tech versus Virginia game rivalry. Virginia Tech, I'm going to go minus two and a half. The Hokies have won 15 consecutive in this rivalry and 18 of the 19, with only four resulting in settling in one possession game. So I like Virginia Tech. Minus two and a half this week. I'm hoping to get to that six, seven, and one mark. i can almost get back to five hundred. Well
1: You can, but what are you batting a thousand in though, Woj?
0: I'm batting a thousand in DraftKings League. I took the uh the first week of DraftKings scoring two hundred and forty-four point five two points. It was a pretty big week for me. We had uh John Dupler in second. We had Walrus sixty-seven in third, Story in fourth, Ace Kyle in fifth in LW, 996 and 6th. Yeah, I had an awesome week. 244.52 in the big $20 contest. Would have got me, I think, in 50th place. I didn't play in that one, unfortunately. I played a bunch of cash games. (laughs) But no big deal. It was a good win. I'll take a win where I can get it. This week, we're going to do the Saturday 11 game slate. So this week in DraftKings is just a, a whole big mess with different contests. There's so many single games. There's Friday slate. There's like five Saturday slates with like five games mixed in, night games mixed in, seven games mixed in. There's a three-game Friday slate. So it's a mess. But it's the 11-game Saturday slate that we're playing this week in our college football rundown DraftKings League.
1: Woj, I'd have to say you're probably the odds-on favorite to win it again with 244 last week. But I am nipping at your heels, Woj. I'm going to come for you this week.
0: Uh, well, hopefully someone does. I, a little competition is <laughs> good. I had 244. The next close was with 213. Come on, boys and girls. Hey,
1: I guess you know what you're talking about, Woj. Well, I guess you know what you're talking about. Thanks
0: for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's is college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj.
1: I'm Walt. And
0: this was the College Football Rundown. We're out.